0: The following is a vintage broadcasting publication presented by Frank Goss. The following podcast is entitled Dewey's Dumbing Down of the American Children. This series is concentrated on the state of public education in the United States of America. Very few people realize that the reason children today are being sexualized at school is because pedophiles sexually abused hundreds of children, then claimed that the victims enjoyed it. Now, this is a fact. And these things were published by a man named Alfred Kinsey. Now, a lot of people do not realize the severity that sexualization is having upon their children. A lot of people don't even know how to define it. They look at it as perhaps a teaching on personal hygiene. But that is not at all what is being taught. What passes as contemporary sex education in the United States and around the Western world would have been unthinkable 20 years ago, even just a few years ago. And believe it or not, it's getting more and more radical by the day. Recently, I was told of a classroom here in Kentucky where three-year-old and four-year-old children were being taught how to use a condom. How to use a condom and how to use it properly. Now that's amazing, isn't it? Little children need to know these things. Yeah. In California, top school district official defended teaching pedophilia to children because it's one of a number of different types of sexual orientation that have been experienced throughout history. Well, the consequences of all this sex education mania has been devastating. It has not always been this way though and the history of how the United States got here will literally blow your mind. The proliferation of sex education in American government schools has its roots in the pseudo-scientific idiocy of sexual revolution that was presented to America by a man named Alfred Kinsey. Now Alfred Kinsey has been called a pioneer. Others refer to it differently. Personally, I refer to this man as an educated idiot who is a true pervert in every sense of the word. It was the work of Alfred Kinsey that ushered in the sexual revolution. He was closely followed by Betty Friedan and her book, The Feminine Mystique, Gloria Steinem, and of course, the illustrious John Money. These people were perverts and miscreants. Even Betty Friedan was, de- it was determined that she was a liar from the beginning, and her whole effort was a complete ruse. Herbert Marcuse and the Frankfurt School, radical studies on critical theory, all these things combined, and American culture had all the ingredients for a true cultural upheaval. The revolution began in the mid 60s, and we have a society today that has been turned on its ear. The cultural revolution of the 60s served to profoundly shape our national morality in 2022. The moral character in America has collapsed. It's not falling. It has fallen. I would say, though, however, it is yet to find bottom. Now, I would say that this is not primarily due to Alfred Kinsey's work, but his contributions served as a great catalyst and contributed greatly to the downfall. He is lauded and exalted as a genius and a scholar with his Harvard PhD and all of his other great references. He's viewed as an American reformer. Kinsey has spoken of his parents as being zealously religious, very intimidating. This was seen as a bad thing, confining and restricting. And at the age of 19, Kinsey had to make a decision so he left home to pursue a course of study in biology, and he never returned and never reconciled with his parents, particularly his father. His father wanted him to be an engineer. There was a great difference of opinion, so Alfred packed his bags and moved along. He settled into Harvard, and he studied under William Morton Wheeler, a staunch Darwinian and a confidant to the irreverent H.L. Minskin, who was a radical journalist that was hated by many. He was an irreverent man and despised by so many in America. Under the tutelage of Wheeler, Kinsey threw off his religious notions and ideas. No longer was God a viable consideration, and no longer was religion a friend. He became a teacher at Indiana University in Bloomington, Indiana. Now, while there, he agreed to lead a teen-taught course on marriage and family. It was in this class that Kinsey began to lecture on the biology of sexual stimulation, the mechanics of intercourse, contraception, and he spoke out regarding the repressive laws and social attitudes, particularly against homosexuality and any other so-called deviancies. Kinsey taught his students that nearly all of the so-called sexual perversions that society pointed out were all within the range of biological normality, it's noted that Kinsey used his lectures on marriage to transform his private struggle against Victorian morality into a public crusade and to protest issues that had frustrated him personally for decades. One can only imagine the excitement and the interest these lectures generated among the students. At such a young age, they were enthralled and excited to hear such details being given. Students began to talk, And it didn't take long for Kinsey to become one of the most desired classes in the university's curriculum. He was having over 400 students by the year 1940. Now, you heard that right. It was 1940 that these things were coming to the fore. He lectured on subjects such as homosexuality, masturbation, premarital sex, bestiality, pedophilia, and other topics. He became a media darling, somewhat of a national sensation. One indicator that he was working against American character was that his efforts were funded vicariously by the Rockefeller Foundation. A biographer who studied the life and work of Alfred Kinsey commented that he was seeking to deliver himself from his personal demons which afflicted him, while at the same time attacking the repressive society in which he had grown up. He publicized and marketed sex. He marketed this to the minds of the American student and also to the American public. What was once a private matter and a deeply personal issue was splashed across the headlines. Kinsey opened the bedroom door and he began to critique and to comment on private and personal practices of the husband and the wife. To a great extent, Kinsey trivialized the sex act, seeing it as something we all know about but we're too ashamed to speak of. After all, we're all animals, right? There are some things simply that you do not discuss openly in in, in public. It's not decent. But not with Kinsey, and not with the majority of the leftists today. Kinsey felt that we needed to teach our children the details of sexual orientation and to practice these things early in order to remove the shroud of shame that religion has used to cover it. As a result, he twisted and mangled the morality of many generations. He, in my opinion, brought shame on America. He felt that he was a secular evangelist Proclaiming a new sensibility about human sexuality and the public was ripe. He actually served to pervert the minds of millions and he still does Let's look at the impact he has had in public schools with his views of sexual science and application Beginning with six seven and eight year old students and some going as far as preschool hundreds maybe thousands of children were allegedly raped molested and brutalized and their experiences detailed under the guise of science. Even before Kinsey unleashed his perversion on the unsuspecting American public, communist butchers had already experienced with the use of so-called sex education to break down the family, the culture, traditional morality, and governments of many nations. It worked extremely well, and you know as well as I do that if something ain't broke, why fix it? Now, long before Kinsey came on the scene, There was a sort of sex education already being taught in public education, but it wasn't called that, and comparing it with what Kinsey and his fellow sex fiends and perverts would unleash on America would be like comparing alfalfa to meteors in space. In the early to mid-1900s, sex education in the United States was often described as classes on personal hygiene. They consisted primarily of religious and moral teachings on the subject. And the programs were careful to warn students about the horrifying consequences of extramarital and premarital sex, venereal diseases, mental scars, and the emotional problems that accompany, and so on. Today, this whole concept is a laughed at. This was the norm of generations past, but it's seen as puritanical and farcical in our day. The relatively new idea that children must be taught graphic, An obscene set education only emerged seriously in the United States in the middle of the 20th century. It came from Alfred Kinsey, who was financed by the Rockefeller Foundations and You and Me, the American Taxpayer. In his Kinsey reports published in the late 1940s and early 50s, Kinsey dropped what best can be described as an atom bomb on American society. Widely viewed as perhaps the most immoral books ever to have been published in America, the findings would unleash a wave of perversion and sexual revolution that continues to claim more victims with each day that passes. One of the elements of this, the sexual research of Alfred Kinsey, involved pedophiles who sexually abused children while gathering scientific data. Experts have concluded that these things are true. Kinsey's own data shows that potentially hundreds of children were raped or molested by one or more pedophiles using a stopwatch to figure out when the children might experience orgasm. Around 200 boys under the age of 12 were among the victims. Table 34 in Kinsey's report documents, for example, that one four-year-old boy supposedly endured 26 orgasms in a 24-hour period. A four-year-old boy endured 26 orgasms in a 24-hour period, according to Alfred Kinsey. Even babies a few months old were repeatedly, repeatedly abused. One 11-month-old baby was reported to have had 14 orgasms in a period of 38 minutes. and This was documented by the child abuser himself and then afterward recorded as Kinsey's research data. Even a 4-month-old baby girl reportedly had an orgasm. Experts noted that this isn't even physically possible for children so young to have an orgasm. Instead, Kinsey's report reveals that the only one way that subjects define an orgasm in their partner was marked by the violent convulsions they experienced throughout their whole body. Heavy breathing, groaning, sobbing, and more violent cries, sometimes with an abundance of tears, especially in the younger children. Now, does that sound like something decent and respectable? Something we should use to exalt a man to fame? Or perhaps... It's just a pedophile seeking to justify his monstrous crimes. Experts such as Dr. Judith Reisman, the world's top expert on Alfred Kinsey and the author of multiple books on his research, has pointed out that this would be the equivalent of claiming adult male rapes of females was something the female enjoyed. And it's evidenced by their screaming, their crying, their attempts to break away and to convulse and to run. Yet this was all a result of the extreme enjoyment And yet, this is exactly what Kinsey was saying. And America, tragically misled by Kinsey and his media dupes, believed it. Why Americans should trust child molesters and rapists for insight into child sexuality has never been adequately explained by Kinsey or his disciples. As Reisman put it, why in the world would somebody ask a rapist whether his victim enjoyed it and then present that to the world as scientific research? And evidence. This was the evidence that Kinsey was using to support his ideas that children enjoyed being molested. If he could do that to children, how could you trust anything a psychopath like this would have to say? Kinsey's so-called sex research has been widely debunked and ridiculed by other experts. The man was no angel. When it comes to indoctrination of your children, Kinsey stands alongside John Dewey and Alex Huxley. He was an evil man, and this should not be minimized in the least. He was no moral giant who helped lead America out of repression and darkness into the light. Instead, he was a scandalous individual with a well-documented pattern of sexual perversity and deviancy that was being celebrated. His name is tied to progressive idealism. The progressives love him. He stood for social justice. He exalted in pornography. And it's now well-documented that... Young Alfred Kinsey was obsessed with a sadomachistic sexual behavior and was driven by homosexual desires. Truth has a way of rising to the top. It may take time, research, and ability to persevere in turning over stones and digging, but the truth will rise to the top. It may not be embraced, mainly because men and women prefer deception over fact when they discover that they've been severely misled. In groundbreaking biography that was published in 1997 by a man named James H. Jones, it blew the cover off the Kinsey myth. According to this popular and pervasive mythology, Alfred Kinsey was a scientist who brought his rigorous scientific skills and objectivity and scientific interest to the study of human sexuality. The real Alfred Kinsey was a man whose sexual practices cannot be safely described to the general public and whose interest in sex was anything but objective or scientific. The real Kinsey was hidden from public view, much like John Love and his personal deviancies. Kinsey was painted as a man he was not. His life and efforts were distorted. The truth was never revealed. His desire was to strip human sexuality of its guilt and repression, of its sacredness and its place of dignity within the marriage. It was Alfred Kinsey that spent his waking hours in pursuit of changing and altering the sexual mores and the sex offender laws in the United States of America. The documentations are piling up, and the evidence is available to the public. Kinsey was controlled in a terrible way by wild sexual fantasies such, to such a degree that he dropped his study of insects and turned his mind to the study of human sexuality. He brought sexuality down to the level of animals. He was no scientist when it came to human anatomy and sexuality. His ideas were just that. Ideas. Personal ideas. Ideas he sought to prove that from the moment of birth were all sexual beings driven by sexual desires. He used for his research little boys and girls, innocent and unable to defend themselves, who had been abused by pedophiles. He gathered information and took notes that were provided to support his opinions. The facts were that these children were raped and sodomized all in the name of scientific research. Legally, nothing was done. No charges were brought. No jail time. If you and I dare to mention such activity, we'll be staring at litigation and possible criminal charges. But Alfred Kinsey, because of his position, his studies at Harvard, his reputation at the University of Indiana, and his celebrity gave him free reign to go as far as to pay predatory pedophiles for details of the sexual escapades and offenses towards children as young as two months old. Kinsey and his group had established a following, a strong following. The man was growing in fame globally. Those who resisted his conclusions were shouted down and bombarded with numerous allegations of bigotry, homophobia, puritanical views, being out of touch with reality, They were nothing more than religious zealots that were conducting a witch hunt in order to destroy progress in the study and advancement of human sexuality. Those who stood in opposition were depicted as standing against science and the factual findings which were being established, facts that now have been proven to be false or deeply flawed. Kinsey was a few steps ahead of John Money in both perversion and deviant actions. Money was deeply, deeply influenced. the work of Alfred Kinsey. To be sure, Kinsey held no favor with religious leaders in America, but then again, Kinsey preferred this position as he was deeply opposed to religion in general. When the facts began to surface, the Kinsey Institute refuted them not on data and proof, but with accusation and obfuscation. Those who were standing in opposition to Alfred Kinsey were simply part of the party that typically stands in opposition to progress of any kind, the conservatives. When Kinsey's papers were declared publicly as being perverted and troublesome, the Kinsey loyalist countered by saying that this was nothing more than politically motivated persecution and opposition. It is part and parcel of a long-standing effort to use Kinsey and his work as an excuse for the decline in morality and the secularization of a formerly strong Christian society. We needed to face the facts. Christianity was growing old and disappearing. In painting Kinsey as a scapegoat, the liberals played on the sympathies of the far left and won their unfailing support. Any attempt to stifle the voice of Alfred Kinsey was nothing more than censorship and a fixed desire on the part of the religious sector of American society to keep sexual information away from the ordinary folk. Even leading Democrats declared that Alfred Kinsey was contributing to the depravity of an entire generation, to the loss of faith in human dignity and human decency. The man was a moral monster, and yet he is feted by American academia and the scientific community. Numerous studies have been conducted regarding the impact of Alfred Kinsey. One well-referenced study presented by John Bancroft, former director of the Kinsey Institute, concludes that Alfred Kinsey's impact on American society is immeasurable. He is seen as being an inspiration behind the rise of the gay liberation movement, freedom for the homosexuals, the women's liberation movement, freedom for women and the rights, and the true liberation of a woman. The idea that children are not truly an asset, but rather an enormously added expense rose out of Kinsey's ideas. The development and introduction of the birth control pill and the substantial changes in law extending to the recent Oberfeld decision presented by Chief Justice John Roberts and his Supreme Court on July 26, 2015, are all attributed in some way to Alfred Kinsey's sexual liberation movement. If you have a struggle with the particular decision, the Oberfeld decision, note that it was John Roberts' court that labored under his guidance and that this shining moment should be attributed to John Roberts. Don't forget that. One cannot cast all blame for the sexual deviancies that we're presently witnessing in America. That's true. Men have been practicing sinful behavior since Adam took his faithful bite so long ago. Kinsey simply took the top off the barrel and poured all the bile into the streets for the public to see. And he made these things palatable and acceptable. We've become accustomed to the stench, and we've learned how to move around in the darkness. One thing I want to comment on is this. When the sinful acts of men are resisted and immoral ideas rejected and the baser instincts of men are restricted, the educated elite, the austere men of Harvard and Yale, citing their uh, their illustrious credentials, their PhDs and numerous degrees, they tend to stand up and ridicule those who disagree. A three-letter degree does not make you smart and wise. A Harvard sheepskin will open a lot of doors, that's true. But that does not mean that you are inherently qualified above all reason. All men have sinned, and the thoughts of men are evil continually. The heart of man is deceitful above anything, and it's desperately sick, no matter what sort of degree you may have. Some, like Alfred Kinsey and John Money, are sicker than others. Evil men produce evil results. Perverted men bring forth perversions. And a man's heart and intentions are reflected in his actions. Listen to what a man says, and then watch what he does. This is where you see the reality of a man's conviction and desire. Evil men have contempt for the righteous, and they declare to you and me and to everybody that will listen that there is no God. There are no absolutes. There is no law. These men, mark my word, these men are corrupt and will do, without hesitation or consideration, monstrous and immoral and detestable deeds. They're exalted and lauded by those who do the same. Alfred Kinsey is such a man. One man, Dr. Charles Rice of Notre Dame University, blasted Kinsey's work and said, any judge, legislator, or other public official who gives any credence to Kinsey's research is guilty of malpractice and dereliction of duty. These things should be paid attention to and not ignored. These are the people that we're looking to for leadership. This is Frank Goss with Vintage Broadcasting. We do appreciate your participation in listening to our broadcast. We hope that it benefits you in some way and that you'll continue listening in the days to come.